Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back once again, Sky Town, to the CHGO Sky Podcast, the most dangerous podcast as part of the All City Sports Network and CJ CHGO Sports. It's Teresa Weatherspoon Day in Chicago. I'm Chris with Steven. Steven, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling sensational. Uh, Coach Weatherspoon has me ready to run through a brick wall. And that's something that's, to say. And that's special because I have a lot of just internal motivation. I don't typically go too much to external sources, but you spend 30 seconds in her aura, in her presence, you will leave with more energy than you came in with. It's inevitable. <laughs> yeah, she definitely brought that energy. I see she must have because she has you wearing that um, IS Who shirt yet again, my God. Oh, come on, man. I got to support it. It's basketball season. <laughs> I didn't even. I should have worn. I should have known. Like I should have known after last week and put on the Bradley shirt because I got two of them with me. I got two of them. See, that's the difference. I, I that's the difference between Bradley upbringings and <laughs> Illinois State bringings. We are prepared. That's true. Everybody, you need to wear the shirt so everybody remembers that there's a school in Normal. I get you. Uh, I get you. I get you. Better in red. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our. Long-time <laughs> listeners, Region Rev over there and Gary holding it down for Northwest Indiana as always. Daniel Berry Sports Highlights. Yo, man, we've seen you in here. Good to have you back. Um, we look forward to having the rest of the CHGO Sky listeners coming on the show and making their thoughts heard as we go forward today with the big story of the week, Teresa Weatherspoon's introductory press conference today, uh, which Stephen was a part of back in the building at Trust. I know that had to feel good, man. Yeah, it did. Uh, just seeing just the energy. It's one thing being over Zoom, but it's another thing when you're in person and you can feel like that human element of feel. It's it, it was abundant, man. It was just really abundant. And they did a great job with the introduction in addition to everything that Teresa did herself. Yeah, Nadia Rawlinson uh, laid it on thick would, would sound bad, but she made sure it's like you've seen the accolades. And we're going to you know, let you know part of five different sports hall of fames, part of the WNBA's 25 best players of 25 years, uh, former coach at Louisiana Tech, all of these things that we've talked about on the show. And I thought it was was not only uh, well thought, uh, cool, but well thought out, not only having Nadia on the podium on the days with Teresa Weatherspoon, but also Kalia Copper, who made a point during the question and answer session to talk about how um, 
how much, as you said, energy is really the word of the day. She got a lot of energy from Coach Weatherspoon. Uh, we, we're going to go over some of the interesting parts of the press conference that uh, that did come up. As you see this photo, we got our man Lawrence back behind the boards with us, already ready with the heat. <laughs> <laughs> you see it. No, that's a, I mean, like, I think this is not only indicative of where the franchise is, has made strides to go to, but um, the sixth WNBA player to become a head coach in league history. And not only that, three black women on the days for the Chicago sky. Uh, this is their first, this is their second, sorry, third uh, black woman as head coach in, in franchise history behind uh, after Pokey Chapman and Amber Stock. So no, not new, not new territory for the franchise, but first uh, former WNBA, second former WNBA player, I believe, to be head coach. Because I, I, I want to check this. I know Pokey had time overseas, but I cannot remember if she logged time in the W. As you see there, the record for the previous head coaches in Sky franchise history. There was this weird, there was this weird time. This is not to do with the presser today. There was this weird time where I think around the, the beginning of the 2010s, where the Sky would regularly finish 14 and 20, just for some odd reason. Like they would have really good seasons or seasons above 500, and then they would kind of journey back to that 14 and 20 mark. That Stephen Key could not get past that. And then he gave way to Pokey Chapman. Uh, but as we talked about before, there's a lot to measure up to. Sky gone to the playoffs five straight seasons, uh, nine of the last 11 years. And in that time frame, they're pretty well over 500. So energy, it, the energy is present. We, we know that Teresa Weatherspoon was going to bring that. But what else did you glean that she's going to bring to the team that's going to keep them on that upward trajectory? Well, it's one thing to bring winning um, just at every level and in every entity of <laughs> employment that you've had in basketball. Like, that's one thing. And she had that independent of the sky, and the sky had that independent of her, as you just perfectly uh, communicated. Um, so winning is nothing new to this franchise, but to bring that type of energy to where it's even it's even unique from just that, like that, it's it's just so hard to put in words. <laughs> That's an impression that she made. Like <clears throat> you just look at look at the legacy she left as a player, and you see the especially being a point guard, the leadership intangibles and the curating of our relationships and the general awareness. It's just abundantly clear and obvious that. She checks off all of those boxes and then some. Um, and I think having Kalia there, which was a surprise, is uh, that's a huge sign in terms of where they are in terms of not just her involvement, which everybody seems to be uh, fascinated with. There's no surprise that the franchise players involved with these decisions in 2023. But just to see her actually here because it's the offseason. Kai could be right. in Philly training with her trainer or – on vacation somewhere like nobody can knock her for doing any of those things but she's here on this day as a franchise player to help ingratiate the new head coach of the franchise into this new era that they're checking themselves into in addition to Nadia being there like it's just the magnitude of it all for me 
just very impressive, man. Very impressive. Let, let's go deeper into that because I was surprised too to see Kalia Copper on the days with for exactly those reasons. You know, it's the off season. Uh, we the 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 regular or the playoffs ended what three days ago. The regular season for the Sky ended a while back. The playoffs for the Sky ended a, a couple of weeks ago. You would think this is her time to to either take some time off or begin training, like you said. But she was here, and she made it. And it seems like she made it a point to be here. Now, do you think that that was something that was asked of her by the front office, or was that something that Kalia chose to do on her own? Well, given um, how there aren't nearly as strict of rules for player availability in the off season, I can't see the sky making it mandatory. They could have said, like, hey, Kai, this, is, this will be a great time for you to, you know, to be there with the new head coach and all of this. And I really just would rather err on believing that this was Kai's decision to be here. Like, it just felt like something that made more than enough sense. And I think that in addition to not just Kai being on the podium, but also Nadia being there on the podium, um, and like you mentioned, having three African-American women on the podium as the not the only pillars, but three of the main driving forces behind the steering wheel for where this franchise is headed in this new rendition. Again, it's just such a newness and breath of fresh air. And <laughs> it's, it's wow, man. Wow. It's, just, it's, <laughs> it's really just a beautiful thing to see. Like it's sometimes you can put things in the words and then there's other times where it's just the feelings are overwhelming in a sense positively and that's really just the the takeaway i got from it just the energy was infectious and the um the way the the way that teresa has a way with words and not just words but communicating them in a way that has you not just thinking that she's really believing it but there's 10 toes down knowing that she's that she's just all in on everything she's saying she's not just preaching to the choir she's speaking on things that she truly believes and even more than that, she's an example of those things, independent of anything else. So just kind of seeing her speak and just ingratiate herself again with the media, with people that maybe didn't know who she was or how she was as a person outside of her performing as a basketball player. I mean, you just left with all types of abundances and just a level of um, uh, confidence in her direction of the team that like I said, man, it's just very impressive. Very impressive. Yeah, she came hot with the quotes um, from her opening statement where she was talking about um, having heard no in the past. And if you leave, a, it's like, if you close the door, I'm going to find a window. And once the window's open, they don't call me spoon for nothing. I'm coming here to stir things up. Right. And I honestly thought that was going to be the motto. But it was... You know, talking about Kalia Copper, I thought it was interesting that she said she was ready to gear up and she looked at Teresa Weatherspoon and it turned out that that was T-Spoon's kind of model for the team. She said, she she told everybody there, it's like, you can write it down, you can mark it. We are geared up to do the right thing. And within that, she's a, that's our campaign and we will take over this town, which was something evident that both she and Nadia Rawlinson wanted to make clear that the Sky are trying, really making an effort into marketing 
during all seasons, not just in the summertime. Nadia Rawlinson expressed that they want people to be talking about the sky in the offseason when they're not playing basketball. And uh, Teresa Weatherspoon talked about getting into the community. A question actually came from a recent guest of the show, Monique Newton of The Next. I don't know if we got a definitive answer on how those marketing campaigns and community outreach will go, uh, but did you pick anything up on those fronts? Yeah, and nothing specific as far as like what the plan of action is and, you know, what potential like media outlets they might tap into or have partnership with, et cetera, et cetera. So nothing detail-wise in terms of that, but just that that is a huge part in everything that Coach Weatherspoon is looking to uh, cultivate in her culture that she's going to be a bearer of and that she plans to establish with the team. Um, she just mentioned uh, numerous times that that community aspect of um, taking over a town extends far past just uh, inside the four lines on the court and that the engagement with the community, the understanding of the community and the history of it, like all of those little things, like you can't, you can't be a part of a story or change things if you're not aware of what came before you. And that's not just the franchise's history, that's the city's history. Um, I had the pleasure of speaking with her afterwards and she, I kind of went back and forth with her because I listened to a podcast that she was on a couple of years ago and she talked about how when she was um, one of the pieces to first come to the W, they sent her to the Liberty and um, she did her research. She said she went to all of the boroughs. She wanted to know what the city was about. She even went as far as trying to figure out why they chose the colors that they chose in the initial stages of the New York Liberty's um, logo and embleming and everything. And that just shows a next level of um, um, assertion and just attentiveness and attention to detail. Like she truly wants to understand why things are the way they are, how she can help them evolve it, and how she can even more than all of that, uh, have her team exude those qualities that makes this city unique. I wonder because there was, you know, there were Chicago basketball team, women's basketball teams before the sky um, with the ABL and the uh, WBL way back in the day in the late 70s, early 80s. And I wonder if there will be any place for the sky to, you know, do some sort of outreach for those players, those teams, uh, those uniforms for the people who uh, watch basketball now and, um, or watch the WNBA now, but still remember we're part of those teams. That'll be something interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And I feel like if anybody was to do that, they got the right coach because she was, like I just mentioned, one of the first players to actually play in the W, came from overseas to do so. And she's obviously big on history with the context that I just provided in terms of everything she did leading up to her time with Liberty, as well as her mission that she plans to do the exact same thing with the sky and ingratiating herself with Chicago. Um, I would also like to add one more thing from Nadia Rollinson. Um, yes. She mentioned to for us to take note of it and essentially asking to be held accountable to this. And she said that um, after the $85 million evaluation, for 2023, which netted them as the second most valuable franchise in the W, um, yep. which is important to note. She mentioned three of the main reasons and driving forces behind everything that they're doing is that they want to cultivate uh, player support and resources um, as far as just being available for the players and having them feel as at home as they can possibly be. 
and things obviously external and in addition to that. Um, she also mentioned elevating marketing and the fan experience, which we just got done speaking to in terms of the community engagement, seeing this guy more than only when they're in season and um, just being more personable. And then the last thing, which is, I think, a, a big topic, is securing a new practice facility. That's been something that she mentioned um, pretty much when she first latched onto the franchise um, earlier this earlier this year. And just seeing how they go about nailing those three things consistently over the course of the next handful of months before the season gets going and before business and transactions really get rolling is going to be interesting to watch. I'm glad you brought that up because I took note of that when Nadia mentioned the practice facility. Um, was was that I want to I want to remind I want to make sure I got it right. Was that you or was that Carly Bell who asked about that? That was actually Nadia in her opening statement. Well, I know that there is it came up about um, details about the practice facility. And mm -hmm. Nadia said that, you know, definitely dedicated to making sure we have everything the players need from a health and wellness perspective. I want everyone to know about the sky even in the offseason when we're not playing for the practice facility. We're looking at something that is the right price for us. Do we buy or do we build? And that was an interesting, not a not a pivot, but a, a way of talking about it that I don't think that we've heard from the team since the idea was brought up of making sure securing a new practice facility for the team. And it's interesting just in the uh, the wake of, you know, Las Vegas Aces have their practice facility, the mm -hmm. – um, the Phoenix Suns making steps of building their practice facility. And in Chicago, this is, I'll, I'll throw in another roller derby thing here. Uh, the whole thing with the Chicago, with the Windy City Rollers is that we've been practicing in this warehouse um, since the team was formed in like 05. And they've been trying to get out of it for that long. But the problem is securing space. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody who's in real estate in Chicago knows that there is a lot of space abundant, but it has to be zoned correctly. There's all these hoops that you have to jump through. Where's Lawrence? Lawrence, have you bought a house? Did you have to buy a house ever, man? Hey, man. Uh, I did buy a house, but I'm in the suburbs because, yeah, I, I couldn't afford, afford in the city. So He couldn't get the I mean, just look at our office. Though. Our office is like we're in the West Loop, but, like, you know, it's not the greatest, like, space. It's cool, but it's a little, you know, there's, there's issues with it. And, like, it's expensive, man. It's not easy. And by the way. Shout out to the Winnie City Rollers and their their practice space that I'm in. <laughs> leaky roof, gotta get the le gotta give a shout out to the leaky yeah. roof. We got a leaky roof here, not right here, but uh, just outside the. Well, I, was gonna, I was gonna say I hope not because I know you usually wear a hat. I didn't think you were specifically wearing a hat for the show. No, it's sunny today. It's beautiful. <laughs> Make sure that Carmen and them don't come crashing through the roof after playing pickup football up there. Anyway, uh, I went upstairs to yell at them because like literally there was stuff coming down like debris coming down like if you go look at our ping pong table there's just a bunch of junk all over the table now so it's uh i was like guys like what are you doing like what this i don't want cole Komet to fall through the roof come on let's... this this is just all a plan to, to have steven walk on as the as a bears tight end yeah. oh not tight end absolutely not no nah, man come on you come on. think about it Every block no, is low. I, I did. Take I him did. Out of knees, bro. I thought, and it's not happening. <laughs> you not split me out wide. It's not happening. <laughs> but no, seriously, you, 
<laughs> Lawrence, you, you understand, I think, more than most people, the uh, issues that you have with finding real estate within the city. Yeah. And it seemed like the team was committed to staking out their own spot, however, you know, however much they would have to go through. And now it seems like they haven't pivoted, but they're kind of confronting some of the realities and have backed off a bit from their earlier statements. Is Stephen D, is that the takeaway you got or something different? Yeah, it's it's them not trying to settle on just getting something that's presented to them. Like they want like same thing with the head coaching search. I think that I think the head coaching search is a microcosm for um, the intentionality behind the decisions they're making moving forward. They're not just taking what they can get. They're going to get in what they truly desire and what they feel like aligns most with the direction that the franchise is heading. So if you apply that context to finding a location or facility for the practice, um, the practice location that they're trying to that you're trying to get rolling um, relatively soon, actually. Um, I think they just want to nail the margins on all their decisions and having a location that a makes sense in terms of proximity from the actual stadium being wind trust uh, and where players might be staying potentially in the areas of the city or outskirts of the city, making all of that makes sense, but also having it be a place that they can truly call their own. It feels like is really what the, what the aim is more than anything else. Yeah, I agree with that. You got to find something that's close by and something that really fits where the where the players where players can easily reach it from wherever they are staying. And that was the issue, I think, for so many players. They had to stay out in the suburbs to be close to Deerfield. And mm -hmm. that took them away from the city, which I'm sure was was good for some people. Some people like to have it a little bit more quiet, a little bit more um, out of the way. But you got to consider the players that you got coming to the team, especially coming to the team right now. Courtney Williams should not be in Lake County. She just shouldn't. Like, it's, she's going to go stir crazy. And I, I doubt that she is in Lake County. So if something that always bounced through my mind, and I think this doesn't work because they reopened the school, but when Hales Franciscan was kind of in danger of going under a couple years ago, I thought that that would be a great property. It was close by in Bronzeville off 43rd, and this, and that would be someplace for this guy to build. But the, any places like that, whether it's op, just open lots, there's a lot of open space on King, off King Drive that has not been built that I feel like if, if you procure it for the right amount of the right price, Michael, the old Michael Reese Hospital location, that would be a gold mine for this guy to, to get. We'll see. Uh, our man, the Sky Show Shy, saying, Nadia, low-key making great moves. We love to see it. We're going down the checklist smoothly. Uh, we, Steven, you outlined that checklist. Um, your your uh, franchise player, your, sorry, your point guard, your coach, and your general manager. Head coach mm -hmm. has been secured. We talk about point guard. We'll have some more talk about point guard from a, uh, an angry Reddit user later in the show. Uh, but the last thing before the break that I wanted to touch on, that I wanted to ask you about, is that general manager. And uh, Nadia was asked about that question. Um, not only why did they procure the head coach before procuring the general manager, which is something that we talked about, uh, you and I, and then guests that we've had on the show, but how they're going to, how that search is going. And Nadia didn't hedge, but she said that's, that there'll be more news when, there'll be more news to report when there's news. Uh, anything that you got from behind the scenes or just any thoughts that you had on who they might be looking at in terms of a GM? Nah, no news on that front, but 
the the um again energy <laughs> being a key word of the pod today. Uh, the energy received from it is that the three on the podium were all on the same page, um, and Nadia was um she was very very direct with uh, making sure that that was understood. Um, so you couldn't ask all three of them the same question and get three completely different answers. Even though Coach Witherspoon was hired officially, was it two weeks ago now? A little over two weeks ago? Just about, yeah. They're very much on the same page with everything. And I feel like if there's no answer directly to the GM question at the moment, you better believe that the communication between those three is tight-knit in addition to obviously Michael Alter and most likely Dwayne Wade as well. Um, and just all of the, the, the biggest decision-making pieces are very much on the same accord. And again, when you're in a, a franchise that is not necessarily rebuilding in any capacity, but you're kind of redirecting the sales, that's where you want to be. And that's the that's pretty much the energy I got from from everything she said in regards to the general manager search, which we might get news on tomorrow for all we know, or it might be two weeks or a month from now. When, but they're going to be very diligent and again, take what they want, not just what they can get. That's very true. Um, John said, I want this guy to hire Sandy Brondello to be a new general manager in 2024. Do you think we're seeing that? <laughs> Absolutely not. That woman just coached <laughs> one of the best offenses in WNBA history, the best passing team in WNBA history, all within one season. She ain't going nowhere, man. <laughs> sorry, John. But we're, uh... Yeah, sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Brian, our man, the Sky Show, asked if there was anybody from the prior, from this year's staff, uh, the coaching staff at the press conference today. Uh, was was there anybody else present that was on the bench this year? Um, I, I saw trainers, and um, I think that was it. I don't, I don't think I saw any uh, coaches per se. And obviously, that title can sometimes be a little, a little gray, depending on what the actual position is. I saw trainers, but I didn't. I don't think I saw any other coaches per se. We definitely want to get into who uh, Teresa could hire for her coaching staff, and then some other um, things that might come of from the team as a result of this press conference and what we got from it today. But let's take a quick break to talk about Chevrolet, as always at Ray Auto. If you are in the market for a newer used vehicle, Jenna Chapman, if you're watching, this is for you. We have some great news for you because Ray Chevy and Fox Lake has just joined the CHGO team. And they've got this pledge, it's very important for anybody who's bought a used car before, called the Ray Price Promise. And it's a guarantee that the price you see online is the price you pay when you go into the dealership. There's no bait and switch. There's no, oh, you know, we didn't refresh the, the cookies. You didn't clear the cookies from your browser and that price was old. No, the price you see online when you go on RayChevrolet.com is the price that you are going to get in the dealership. So if you're a recent college grad of a Division II college, like, like my man Steven is, um, if you're active in the military, if you're a farmer, if you are a cowboy, if you ride bulls, if you are a podcast producer, like our man in the backwards hat, everything that you ask will be on the level and they will not get you any price that is not something that you've already seen on a Ray Chevrolet site. And they're not going to sign you up for anything you don't qualify for, no limited rebates, nothing like that. There's no under-the-table stuff. Right now, even, you can save big at Ray Chevy during their truck or treat savings event. I hope you got that. It's clever. Zero percent is back and now available on new Chevrolet Silverado trucks, the perfect tailgate 
vehicle. So come on in to Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake and find the vehicle you've been searching for and best of all, pay zero hidden fees with the aforementioned Ray Price Promise. Visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com. That's Ray, C-H-E-V-R-O-L-E-T.com. Serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. Sorry, sorry. You know, um, that was my last IS, ISU joke for the day. I, I promise. <laughs> I, really promise. I, I shook my head in my head. I wasn't going to give you that. <laughs> yeah, you know, see, that's how you know this is the leader of men right here. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to mm-hmm. show. No show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, coaching staff-wise, Teresa Weatherspoon, I think that, that you actually asked that question earlier about um, who she thought or who she was looking at for uh, hiring on her coaching staff. And she said that she was looking at some people. She had some people that um, she was in contact with that are close to her that she was going to bring aboard. I tried to find information just on who she had on past staffs. And there was, there was a one really interesting one, actually. Sarah Carter, who was on her staff multiple years at Louisiana Tech, now owns a CrossFit gym in Gulfport, Mississippi. So... Uh, I doubt that she'll be coming along for this ride because CrossFit is pretty lucrative these days. But uh, what do you think of that answer? And is there anybody that you have a that you would chance a guess at that we might see on Teresa Weatherspoon's staff? I feel like the answer was what we would expect from her, just given uh, the newness of everything and how swiftly things have been moving. Wouldn't necessarily expect her to have the entire deck um, solved and established at the moment. Also, bringing the context of her being a Naismith Hall of Famer and having experience and experience winning on multiple levels of basketball, the pool of coaching talent and IQ that she can tap into and she can literally handpick is as abundant as any any other coach could possibly even dream of. Um so with that in mind, no, I have no idea who she might be able to potentially or be considering um, for a role on her staff, on her um, brain trust. I just have trust in the fact that she has discernment in deciding who would be best for this situation. And it won't just be someone getting an opportunity because of them knowing somebody. Like she's going to pick the people that best, um, that can best uphold all of the structures and philosophies that she has in mind. And they'll be, they'll be right in alignment with everything that she spoke on today. Um, so that's pretty much what I, what I gathered from that. And that she's, again, like I mentioned with them speaking to um, the general manager role, she would be extremely diligent in picking who it is that she ultimately decides to have there for sure. Yeah. It's going to be interesting because it's, it's the clock is always ticking for the skies. Free agency is, I mean, it seems wild to think that three agency is, is really three, just about three, four months away. But in that short frame of, of time, this guy has to make this plan and hire that general manager along the way in terms of making that plan. But filling out the coaching staff is also a priority because even with a defensive-minded player and, and likely defensive-minded head coaches as Teaspoon, you're not only going to want to have somebody who uh, specializes in offense, but you're going to have somebody who works directly with specific players who also contributes to thoughts on defense and 
you know, even even more, even on the WNBA coaching staff, you're going to want to have three, four assistants maybe on the bench. It's going to be interesting, and especially what you say when you say that it's not going to be as a result of just knowing somebody. This is a potential clean slate, like that we probably haven't seen for the sky since I think the end of Pokey Chapman's tenure. Tenure. Yeah, and I think that. Like we talked about heading into this past season, newness doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can be very much something that's needed, and it can also be a great thing, and it can also be both of those things in tandem. And I feel like that's what this is. You can't fully enter something brand new without ridding yourself of everything that existed from a previous regime or rendition. And I feel like, of course, the decision with James Wade is what it was. But that allowed the sky an opportunity to not just speak to doing that with the roster, but also doing that with the coaching staff and brain trust. And I feel like when you can marry both of those things together and have an entire offseason plus training camp to ingratiate all of the moving pieces um, together with each other, I think that's what the beauty of um, the opportunity given by James Wade leaving abruptly uh, in um Excuse me, I can speak English. I promise you. With them leaving, <laughs> with them leaving so uh, so spontaneously, uh, that's the beauty of that. Like, of course, you would rather not lose your head coach unexpectedly in the middle of the season. But again, adversity breeds opportunity, and that's essentially what the sky have been afforded. They were able to salvage as much of that out of last season as they possibly could. And now they move forward with a fully clean slate, not a half clean slate. Brand new roster, brand new coach. Let's work. Got a nice question here from Jabez Patterson um, asking, after the Sky do hire their general manager, what should be that general manager's first priority? Steven, I'm going to have you play NBA um, uh, dynasty mode right here and uh, <laughs> <laughs> answer that one. What would, What's the general manager's first move? Uh, I think the first move should be to retain Rebecca Gardner. Uh, and even before that, yeah. even before we start getting to that, scratch that, scratch that. Oh, okay. So with Teresa Weatherspoon on what she desires in terms of what would be her ideal roster that she could configurate based off of the um, the the money the monetary um, monetary entities to consider with it all. So cap space, current roster or current uh, contracts, the length of those contracts, and all of those things into consideration. Uh, consulting with the brand new head coach and getting as close to, if not the exact roster that she could handpick and create and uh, executing upon that checklist, that should be, um, that should be as high as anything. Uh, so kind of moving in alignment with that, I'd imagine um, having Rebecca Gardner on the roster for a coach that as a player was as scrappy and defensive minded as it gets falls right in alignment with anything and everything she might want to do on the defensive side um, schematically and with personnel. And then addressing, obviously, like I mentioned, and like you mentioned with the checklist, finding that point guard. If it's Courtney Williams, being 10 toes down about that and moving forward with that. If it's, say, Skylar Diggins-Smith, being 10 toes down about that and moving in alignment with that. Same thing with Natasha Cloud or insert other point guard that might be available here. Um, and doing so in alignment with what Coach Weatherspoon desires in terms of the the uh, roster that she would like to coach. 
the secret tampering free agency is happening right now. When the Sky Show shot gets tapped in, man, he is just a this wealthy guy. of, of quotes. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to battle, trying to battle teaspoon for the quotables today. <laughs> I love him. That man don't miss a beat. <laughs> he miss well, a beat. What about you though? What do you what do you think should be the first thing for for the GM to do? Dude, Rebecca Gardner, I think all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, she's mm-hmm. on that reserve deal, so you have mm-hmm. the you have the the. I hate to say leverage because I don't like how the money moves in certain. But that's just me. I'm not a money fan, but they have Rebecca Gardner on the reserve deal, so she is the team they can talk to unless they release her outright. And this is a person that this is a player that you want to keep for the. I think mm-hmm. not only what they bring to the table, X's and O's wise. But for the camaraderie they have with the team, you saw with her and Izzy when they were um, finishing their, you know, immobilized portion of rehab. Even then, they were at games. Rebecca was on the uh, on the scooter. Then she was off, and she I think she hit that that half court shot on the one day. And, mm-hmm. and Courtney was like, "For real? Like Rebecca Gardner <laughs> took money out of my pocket?" <laughs> yep. Yep. But she she has so many things that she brings to this team that they were already in need of and, and were, were looking to utilize last year. And under a Teresa Weatherspoon helm team would be so invaluable. Perimeter defense, tough end-to-end 40-minute perimeter defense, some Nolan Richardson, real Nolan Richardson type stuff, that 40 minutes of hell from back in the day is what Rebecca Gardner can bring with you. And I think when Kalia Copper talked about she has a coach finally that matched her energy when she has been with C. Vivian Stringer and James Wade. Man, man. Who are not quiet at, at all. all. <laughs> no, in any capacity. <laughs> that was something like really opened my eyes. It was like, wow. So we, I think... They they want to find a way. The GM wants to find a way to balance Ka's scoring load with her defensive, what she can bring defensively, uh, that intensity. And if you can get a season from Ka that is kind of more more slanted towards what we saw from Benajelani, where even if she's not the primary defender on the other team's best player, she is able to help contain that other team's best player and still put up 17, 18 a night, or even towards that 20 point per game average. I think that's what the GM wants to look for. And, and retaining Rebecca Gardner goes a long way towards that. Yeah, I, I agree. And just kind of piggybacking off of what you said, um, finding pieces that are going to enable Kalia Copper to be as optimized as she can possibly be, that's it. So obviously bringing Rebecca Gardner, we talked about those two being tortured twins defensively when they shared time on the floor <laughs> like in 2022. <laughs> So you can go back to I can't remember what month it was in, but in the 2022 season, they were playing the Atlanta Dream in Atlanta. And the tandem defense they put on Ryan Howard, this was her rookie season where she was just scorching everybody because there was no film on her. And she was just doing whatever she wanted to, whenever and however. When the sky got down there and it was Kai and Rebecca just just hounding her all over the floor, off ball and on the ball. It was not a fun day for her. So if you need to re-reference that, go back and watch the film on that game on League Pass. Um, just to kind of get an idea of what I'm speaking to. But when you can tandemize those two defensively and add Dana to that mix at the point of attack too, and potentially another guard that's elite on defense, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. And I can't imagine that a head coach that was a defensive player of the year, uh, from the guard spot no less, uh, wouldn't want anything less than that on the roster. 
Um, and I think, honestly, Cobb is in a position to where she can be that defensively next season, um, which was, in my opinion, borderline all NBA worthy uh, on the defensive side um, in 2022. Between her and obviously Rebecca was most definitely that, and she didn't get it. Whole nother topic. But I think both of those two will be right back there next season, and I think Kyle will tandemize that with being a 20-plus point-per-game scorer in addition to all of it. All right, y'all heard it here first. That's the that's the early pick on on whatever betting site you use. Steven Garner said Kyle's <laughs> going to average another 20, uh, pull down five boards a game, two steals a game. He didn't say yep. all that. I'm just I'm putting words in his mouth. But nah, no, you agree? That, okay. That twenty in the, the twenty in the defense is in the bank, though. Okay. She did it, she did it over the last half of uh, this, this most recent season, which is a large reason why the Scott ended up getting in the playoffs. That's very true. Uh, I want to go to that point guard and the Dana Evans situation because I was I I joined Reddit finally. I, I finally jumped in the, <laughs> in the in the dirty pond. And I found something kind of interesting. So, and it's not that dirty, according to people like Daryl Morey, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the on the WNBA subreddit, there's somebody who watches the sky fairly frequently. It looks like they watch just about everything, but they are definitely a sky watcher. And there was a dream. There was a game that they had against the Atlanta Dream in the latter half of the season. I remember that because they said specifically, it's been 29 games of watching this 29 excruciating games. I was like, wow. Okay. So somebody's hurt. And they started off by talking about how, how tough, how inferior there was to watch Marina Mabry do specific things, but led that into how they were annoyed with Dana Evans play, which I hope region rev is still here. So we get to see the gold that those comments will be. But here we have a one of keep them nameless, keep them anonymous. But talking about the average Dana possession, Dana Evans possession, dribble, 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 ISO. If she doesn't get to ISO, it's a difficult pass that jump doesn't generate any advantage for her teammate. That that specific uh, possession, she was looking for a screen from Ruthie Hibbert and was guarded by Ari McDonald. Reversed to get the screen. Um, when the double came, she threw a basically a skip pass to the to the uh, left wing for an Atlanta Smith three that didn't hit. Uh, this guy might as well be t- playing with a 14-second shot clock when DE is handling the ball. She's dribbling for 10 seconds guaranteed. Uh, specifically, this is not her sh- uh, not her fault on drives and the kickouts, which I know you've written extensively about. It has to do with her sh- shot profile. She likes to shoot floaters. And they ended this uh, diatribe there was a word that was used not that was not offensive necessarily, but definitely offensive in this current climate that they that they liken this to. <laughs> it was pretty incredible. But they ended that diatribe with saying that this is not Dana's fault. Don't make her a point guard just because she's short. She's a shooting guard. It's like have her let somebody else run the offense, have her curl around double screens for catch and shoots, run screen actions where she can get down downhill to those float spots. She is not a point guard. What do you think of all this? Um, I have a big question mark over my head. I don't know if you can see it. It's big. <laughs> it's, it's the Nick Young man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, huh? Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't, I don't know how one can watch Dana Evans hoop and not think that she's anything less than a point guard. And 
you can say whatever you want about shot profile, although that's also ridiculous because how can you argue her shot profile when she can literally get past anybody at any moment's notice? Like, if you watched all the games last season, how many people were able to stop her from driving when she put her mind to it? So if you want to talk about a shot profile and creating an advantage, she is an advantage because her first step is as quick as any players in the WNBA with or without a live dribble. Um, so I'm confused as to why you would argue about her shot profile and the floaters. She has to shoot floaters because if she's getting consistent pressure on the paint, she's not going to go dunk on somebody. She's also not going to go and finish through contact consistently because of, because of her stature. But what she is good at is deceleration when she gets past her initial defender, gets to the paint, and she's able to slow herself down with enough space to get up those soft-touch looks before the next help can get there or to kick it out. And to mention that her kick-out passes were, um, I can't remember the exact language used, but it was very inaccurate and misleading. To say that she's not able to generate advantages off of her drives when she's literally one of the best drivers in the W is just doesn't make sense. If you want to say anything about the drives, you could say that they weren't as effective as they could be because of the spacing issues that the sky had at times over the course of the season. We talked about how important the three ball was for the sky in games where they hit like six or seven plus, they were very much above 500. And in the games that they didn't, they were very much underneath 500 below 500. So you can talk about if you want to apply the context in terms of what was going on in that specific game. Okay. You might have some leeway to work with, but if you want to talk about the overall talent and the, the um the film that she put out this season to say that she is a shooting guard is <laughs> to be respectful that is that is nonsensical that's what that is that that's no that's not it but you could say that she should add more off-ball activity to her to her um her overall dynamic yes but you also have to have your coach enable you to do so and when you're on the roster that only had two point guards last season where is she going <laughs> to find a room to do that like if she's not gonna bring the ball up the floor, like what are we exactly what are we talking about right now? And if you put her off ball, now you're taking away something that Marina Mabry is most optimized with and working off the ball. Kalia Copper is most optimized and working off the ball. So you're gonna reconfigurate your entire synergy of the team based off of trying to change a player that is a point guard into not being a point guard. Like that makes that makes no sense. I can say a lot more about that, but I can kind of just leave it at that for now. I think you said enough. You know, we might have to generate that segment of Stevens lessons in basketball. Um, that would that would honestly be pretty good because I know that everybody out there. The fun, the, the problem with Reddit. <laughs> One of the problems with Reddit. <laughs> there you go. That's much better. There you go. <laughs> it's the same issue that there is with Twitter or. Um, Instagram or any social media, Region Rev not ignoring you. Let me consult Spoon's book, Teresa Weatherspoon's Basketball for Girls on this Dana Evans Reddit mess. Yeah, I'm sure that book said Dana's point guard too. Um, <laughs> the problem with the social media, and even, you know, you could say with, with where we're on right now, there's a larger point, is that it gives everybody the chance to have a platform and not everybody has the background to speak about these things, even people who have watched a lot of basketball. The thing about us that, that qualifies, if, if this was 2017 and I just started covering this guy, there's no way I would be on this show. I should not be on the show because I was just coming in. I watched a lot of basketball before that, did not know the first thing about the team or the game. 
I was coming in, listening, 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 listening to a lot of people. And that's why, again, I always like, I, I will always treasure the, that time that this guy had, Pokey Chapman, because I learned a lot just from her statements at pressers, talking to her at press conferences, watching how she operated and ran a team. But I think saying things definitively and being somewhat snide and then having some knowledge of the game equates to having a platform where people will listen to you, especially in social media these days. It's not really what it's about. So I'll, I think we've, we've gotten through that segment pretty well enough. Dana Evans is a point guard. It's still up in the air to see whether she'll be the, the point guard or the second point guard on this next iteration of the team in 2024. But just saying that Dana Evans should be a shooting guard, I think is – I'm going to just say I agree with you. I think it's off base. I think that a lot of things were done the same with Allen Iverson in the NBA side, and I saw the merit with that. That was my first thought when I read this, but I think when you have athletes who are basketball players, the caliber of, of Dana, and especially the caliber of AI, you put the ball in their hands where you can't. You just try to get the right pieces around them. I think the, the person was ignoring what you said. The right pieces weren't there for this guy just by circumstance last year. Correct. And this is why my last little follow-up on that. Um, I mentioned earlier this season after talking with Dana pregame, um, somewhere in the middle of the season, got to ask her who one of her, like, archetype-wise, who was somebody that she watched film of to add to her game, to figure new things out about the game and all of that stuff. And she mentioned Skylar Diggins-Smith. So if you look at Dana play, are you going to look at Skylar Diggins play and you're going to tell me that Skylar Diggins is not a point guard? Because if I remember correctly, in 2022, Skylar Diggins was, in the regular season, the best point guard in the WNBA. And the parallels between the way and the mindset and the manner and the um, movement patterns in which Dana Evans puts her dynamic over the course of a game on it's no different than how Skylar Diggins does. And you can even look past that offensive side, look at the defense. It's literally spitting images of each other. And so to look at that and you can you are you gonna tell me that Skylar Diggins Smith is not a point guard because you don't like that she's a score first player? You can be a score first player and be a point guard. Chelsea Gray has shown that how many times? She's a back to back champion. She's won how many championships? Steph Curry, a score first point guard. He goes about it differently. He's also how many times has he won a championship? So you can you can, no that that is just wildly inaccurate. I'm gonna just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to some quick hits. Um, Elizabeth Williams picked up some hardware. Uh, she won the 2023 Kimpero Sportsmanship Award. Um, real cool for E Will. I I think that she was a a, a very, I mean, like saying that she was an integral part of last year's team is understating it, but I think that it sometimes gets lost in the shuffle just because she's so quiet and matter of fact. Uh, but also, uh, sorry to all the basketballs that she blocked. I'm, I'm sure that they didn't feel like she was a sports person of the year. No, they probably thought she was very rude, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they were hurt. Some of the people in the front row, too, they were like, oh, that was mm -hmm. rude. That was, that was me. <laughs> I didn't know they were coming to watch a volleyball game. They thought they was watching. <laughs> here, come, here comes E. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, 
Asia Wilson, double-double in the finals. Brianna Stewart, um, I think, ended up three for 17 from three as the Aces beat the Liberty in four. After all three of us, you, me, and Tarika, uh, Tarika Foster-Brasby sat here last week and said the Liberty are winning game four. How do you evaluate that Asia versus Stewie matchup in the finals and that MVP award uh, from the regular season? Uh, I mentioned, I said, I definitely said the Liberty were going to win, given all of the, the injury adversity that the Aces were going through. But I did mention a caveat saying that if Asia decides to be the best player in the league, which she is, in my opinion, um, that could change. That's enough to change everything, regardless of who's playing with her, who, are, who the other four players are. And she did just that, especially in the second half of that game four. Um, that's a legendary performance. And again, you could talk about super team this, super team that. Guess what? They did not have a super team in that game four. And no. they were, matter of fact, they were without three of the most integral pieces to everything that they plan to do this season. Yet they still found a way to win. Winners find a way to win. Asia Wilson is a winner. Asia Wilson is the best player in the WNBA. If that was a question prior to this final series, it should not be a question leaving it. And, um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Dude, that that third quarter after the Liberty were up double digits at halftime, mm-hmm. I, I I really don't I, don't – I don't know what to say. Like, it's incredible watching Asia play because I, I'm writing about this for uh, another outlet right now. She goes about the game in such a focused way but when there's time away from it, it doesn't like I remember in LeBron with the, with his best Cavs teams and they were always like dancing and joking on the bench, but that's because they were blowing teams out. Like Asia feels like she's having fun in real tense situations. And some, sometimes it seems like somebody's like, Oh, you got to reel her back, but she never seems to be playing outside of herself or, or hurried. She's very rarely bothered. Um, and it's it's something else. It's, it really is something else. Um, I, I won't go over that third quarter, but if you just check basketball reference from 5.05 of the third quarter to the end of the quarter when the, Ace, the Aces went on a, um, a a 12, I think it was a, a no, a 15 to 5 run and turned an eight-point deficit into a two-point lead. Uh, Asia Wilson scored nine of those 15 points and that's in that's in tandem with the defensive efforts and levels of energy that she was putting on it it was legendary and like uh like like becky said this was not sober becky but this was definitely becky speaking from her (laughs) speaking from her speaking from her right state of mind in this saying that she she said she's she's one of the oh it was very much it was there was no profanity in this quote but she basically said she played against all the goats, and that Asia is definitely one of them, and she will be at the top of the top of that list. That's pretty she said, much. She said the goat of the goats. Correct. Like Becky yeah. was out there when Lisa Leslie was still. I was say who's going who, who's going to tell Lauren her she's wrong? Jackson she went up against them all. Yep. Hooped yep. against Sill. Hooped against Sill. Prime DT. Prime Sue. Yep. 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 She didn't miss. She played against Dawn. She hasn't missed anybody. She hasn't missed anybody. So to get that from your coach, and she said that's why she's going to coach her 
harder than she's ever been coached before. That's what she followed up that statement with. Um, and then pretty much dropped the mic. Um, you know, that's that's a that's that's one that's one hell of a uh, best player and head coach tandem right there. And we are going to see plenty more of that type of energy and interaction back and forth with the sky moving forward for sure. Yeah. We already saw a little bit of it today as it is. <laughs> Yeah, I want to see what that's going to be like, the interplay between uh, Teresa Weatherspoon and Becky Hammond as we come into next year. You kind of wonder if there'll be some, you know, even even just making that that jump to the head coach and the pros, uh, growing pains for uh, Teresa Weatherspoon. I, I wonder what that'll be or what it'll look like. And and for this team that's coming off such a, an odd campaign, but... They, as they, as Teresa Weatherspoon said, and you asked this question, like, how do they, how does she want to work against these quote unquote super teams defensively? Mm -hmm. How do you take them out of their offensive rhythm? And she said, that's a great question, but I don't play catch up with anybody. It's coming in hot, coming in hot. Yep. And if you want, if that's, if, if there's any way you want to send messages to players on your roster and players that might be interested and think this might be an environment, that uh, aligns with them. Uh, if your answer was going to be anything less than that, then it's it's not going to work because it's just, just going to be a disconnect. You have to care to a certain extent. Um, there has to be a lot of <laughs> there has to be a lot of care in that, and she has a whole bunch of it as she should. Um, I think the sky are in great hands with her on the sideline now, moving forward. More to come in the future. We're still looking out for the announcement of that general manager spot, uh, the coaching staff who that will be filled out or who will fill out that coaching staff. And then uh, free agency looms as Sky Show Shy, Sky, Sky Show Shy said, the secret free agency tampering is probably already beginning. Uh, hopefully we'll see Rebecca Gardner on that list as things move forward into the winter months the winter months will not be dull el nino or not it's going to be some uh warm times in in sky town steven at state true s.3 what you got coming down the pipeline for us man i'll be having some content coming uh over the next uh really just the rest of the off season while sky players are playing overseas uh just talking about some of the skill development things that we might see um and just some of the general performances and how they could translate back to um, the sky moving forward into 2024. Awesome. That's going to be fun to see. As always, we'll talk about Stevens. His work is going to be coming up at PHNX Suns. Follow our PHNX affiliates if you're down in the Grand Canyon State. Also follow uh, PHLY for Philly Sports. The Phillies have a big, uh, big finale to their series coming up. Uh, Tomorrow, I believe that's going to decide things between the Phillies and Diamondbacks. Yeah, no, it's in like two hours. Two okay, hours thank and two you. Jeez. You can tell how disconnected I am from baseball right now. Game seven, baby. It's a big one. Nothing, no, no sweeter words in sports, right? Game seven, winner take right. all. That's right. This is this has been the CHGO Sky Show. As always, we ask that you sky drink. Don't leave <laughs> home without your water. For our producer, Lawrence Benedetto, the best in the business. Yo. Oh. And everybody else in the CHGO Sports family. Uh, I'm Chris Pennant. Follow me at Quandary Kitten. That's K-W-A-N-D-A-R-Y Kitten on Twitter. This has been the CHGO Sky Show. Until next time, folks, keep your feet on the ground and your head above the clouds. Gear up. Y'all city like the mayor. 